edition of the Sport Clips Hall of Fame podcast. This is Chad Jordan. I'm the director of marketing here at Sport Clips, and I have with me today. My name is Jeff Burrows. I'm a team leader for Sport Clips for the state of Maryland uh, and also Southern Delaware. All right. Well, welcome, Jeff. Jeff is one of my favorite team leaders, and it has nothing to do with the fact that we're both addicted to Mountain Dew. Uh, well, maybe maybe it has a little. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy the little green stuff. So uh, we did find out prior to this podcast that we we do disagree in one area. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And I believe, you know, the Burgundy and Gold with the Redskins. He's a, he's a Washington Redskins fan. So uh, we'll do our best to set aside those differences because we, we really do have a bunch of stuff to talk about today. As a matter of fact, we're probably going to uh, chop this podcast into two episodes because there's so much great content and uh, opportunities to discuss uh, some really great things about being a team leader at Sport Clips. By the way, in case you're listening to this uh, and uh, unfamiliar with our brand, maybe you're just listening from the outside, team leader is what we call our franchisees. And uh, Jeff is a team leader, and there's so much great content around that part of his life. But I also want to talk in the second episode, uh, the podcast episode with Jeff, about the other side, the extracurricular outside of Sport Clips. Uh, world uh, essentially. So, uh, Jeff, you have been named team leader of the year before, uh, I believe, two thousand and fifteen ish. Yep. Which is a uh, a a major um, award that we give out at our national convention. Can you just give me a, a quick rundown of how many stores you currently own? Uh, their territory, how far away they, are they from each other? Just kind of give me a little lay of the land. Of, of, uh, yeah, so um, I, my wife and I joined Sport Clips back in 2009 with our first store. And your um, wife, Robin. My wife, Robin. Co- yeah, co- yeah she's, the co- she's the co-team leader okay. slash owner. Um, you know, at that point, we both were working full-time jobs. Um, I was in the auto industry, and she was a cable splicer for Verizon, climbing telephone poles every day. Um, so uh, in doing that, uh, we started with our first store. Like a lot of team leaders do, they buy a three-pack. Okay. Um, get started there and say, okay, this is where I'm heading. Um, I want to do, do a diversification. I, you know, I've got my regular job, and I have this other thing on the side that really is going to help me go to the next level in my personal life. Um, and then it got to the point where after we got to five or six locations, it was, okay, maybe we can put our foot on the gas pedal and I can step away from the corporate world and actually grow our business to a whole nother level. And that, that time, you, you said when you got to yep. five or six locations, yep. are we talking a year, two years? No, it, 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 took me, it took me five years to do that. Okay. I probably could have left it four, but in the industry that I was in, in the auto industry, I had some really good relationships with clients um, that actually held me in a little longer than I mm-hmm. wanted to. Um, so in 2009, we opened our first one. Um, I sit here today with uh, 17 open stores, one under construction, uh, two purchases in the works that will take place uh, somewhere between July 1st and the 15th. So we'll be at 20 uh, Sport Clips locations. Uh, once we put all that together, we will own um, 95% of the stores from Baltimore all the way to the furthest point south in Maryland. Uh, also on the eastern shore of Maryland, and we will have one location in southern Delaware, which we picked up that territory because we just felt like it was a good fit for the eastern shore. I mean, it's, the eastern shore is kind of known as Delmarva. Yeah, and so so you you live really within your territory. It's all within pretty convenient driving I, distance. I live in the southern point of my territory, right where I originally bought the three licenses, and that's where we were going to build our nest. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have stores now that are three hours away. Mm -hmm. I have uh, a, probably a heavy majority of my stores that are at least an hour to hour and a half away. Uh, but the, the system and everything it provides makes it pretty easy to be able to manage that type this business model from afar. Um, as long as you do, you know, have that intention to spill, still spend the time and travel to those stores on a, you know, a, somewhat of a regular basis. Yeah. How often do you say that you're in a one of your stores? Well, when I when I was a three store owner to a five store owner, uh -huh. I was pretty regular. I was in them every single week. Okay. As you seem to grow, you seem to add your backside structure. Maybe it's an area manager. Maybe it's an operations manager. Um, so which, which which those roles do what? Uh, an area manager, their job is to coach and manage the managers and provide every bit of support possible to those teams. Um, the average area manager for us has seven locations. Um, so they're overseeing those seven locations, providing support. Because as you can imagine, having 20 locations and being an owner, um, your, your time starts to get divided. Yeah. So the amount of time and effort you can give to each individual team uh, is important, but it also gets kind of a little unfair if you don't provide some kind of middle support. So that area manager is in the store every single week, if not twice a week. Uh, we try to get to the stores now. Now this is 20 stores, soon to be 20 stores. We try to get to them at least every other week to visit the managers, um, check on the team, see what they need. You know, as I said, we have area managers in place, so they're they're helping us with the day-to-day -day operations. Um, we're there to provide that extra support, concerns, um, any issues they have, and also play cheerleader. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the wife likes to play cheerleader yeah, as she's learning she's more now uh, to uh, get deeper into the business. She just retired uh, February 22nd of this year, so wow. it's, uh, it's a big transition, 30 years of the phone company. Now it's coming over to a, uh, a different industry full-time, and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the PR part, the cheerleading part of it, the coaching part, She's kind of got that down, but now it's kind of learning day by day the operations side, which is really adding extra for us and also um, really helping the teams out because they're seeing help faster with anything they need. When you when you came in uh, 2009, you, you mentioned earlier that you had a full-time job, so did Robin. What... What about this opportunity drew you? Was it the fact that it could be turnkey and you didn't have to give up your day job to, to be in this business? Or So, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting question. And, and for me, it was a couple different areas. Um, I looked at several different franchises mm -hmm. uh, from some small, uh, fast casual type restaurant areas. Yeah. Uh, some different things that I just thought piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. Because I, 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 I really do believe if you don't love what you do, you're not going to do it well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I was looking at a couple franchises and a gentleman by the name of Wayne McClone, which is very yeah. prominent with sport clips, uh, with the Wayne McClone fund. Yeah. Um, he worked for Ford Motor Credit and he was my finance, uh, regional finance person for oh, Ford. I didn't know there was a personal connection. And, uh, Wayne and I were really tight yeah. and, uh, Wayne said, Hey, I'm getting ready to do this. Why don't you take a peek? I'm like, uh -huh. hey, okay, whatever. And I did. Um, and I will tell you that we almost signed up in 2008. And it was going to be a deal that was going to be a partnership between myself and my little brother. Hmm. And we met with uh, Wayne McClone and a guy named Dick Mueller. And uh, we sat on the couch and my brother asked questions and I asked questions. And it didn't seem like those questions were going to line up too well. Hmm. So I said, you know, let me back up a little bit. And uh, I kind of backed up and said, you know, maybe this might create some issues at Thanksgiving dinner, right. or Christmas yes. dinner. And I'm like, you know. If I'm going to do something like this, maybe I want to do it on my own or do it with my partner being my wife. Right. 
And uh, so then Wayne and I sat down again, um, and we sat and uh, we decided in 2009 that this was a direction we were going to go uh, with a great amount of information that he was providing us um, and the very open information that Sport Clips was giving us. Um, we decided to you know go with Sport Clips. I mean, I looked at, at once Sport Clips was put in front of me, um, I did look at some other hair franchises just mm -hmm. to kind of investigate. Yeah. Um, and the thing that kept drawing me to this was there was two things. Okay. One, simple. Mm -hmm. Two, I used to coach sports, and this is... When you really look into the system and, and everything we have, it's about coaching people. Right. It's about taking a system and coaching people. And it's like a coach. Here's my game plan. Coach them to perform well with that game plan. And so it really, um, it, you know, I, I just fell in love with it. And, um, you know, I, I said, you know, it, it was a little bit of a sell. I'm, I'm a good salesman with, in the car deal, in the car business, mm -hmm. so I had to sell my wife on it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I got past that hurdle, and we bought three licenses. And uh, never thought, never thought when we bought the three licenses that we would be sitting at 20. Uh, my, my real goal at that point was this is diversification of income right. because the car business goes up and down, peaks and valleys. And I had a kid that was planning to go to college. And mm -hmm. I was going to say, hey, you know, this was going to offset pay for college. Well, as we can all see, it's blossomed into a lot more. Yeah, within 10 years, you're looking at right. 20 and, stores. And, and at the end of it, you know, it's blossomed maybe a lot because of our effort, but it's blossomed a lot because of the effort of our teams. Yeah. You know, our teams of what have made the difference here. Um, you know, I, I am the owner and I'm, I write the checks, but um, the people that are on the front lines are what's helping us and making it possible for us to grow. So I, I want to explore that really quickly because... Your team is is critical. Your team is key. Your team is awesome. I've I've met many of them. Uh, how do you assemble a winning team like that? Do you wave a magic wand or cross your fingers and and just hope for good luck? Or and I'm sure there's some luck in it. But what are a couple secrets that that you could maybe give to others that are investigating this opportunity? You know, it's it's funny you ask that because the first store. It is. Wave the magic wand. Uh -huh. Try to figure it out because think about this. You're opening up a brand in a market. When we opened up our Waldorf store, nobody even knew what Sport right. Clips was. The stylist industry in Waldorf, Maryland did not even know what Sport Clips was. So we were trying to get people to uh, fall in love with the concept like we were. And then we were trying to see if they were a good fit for the concept. Mm -hmm. There were so many working pieces. Um, and I felt like we did a really good job hiring the folks that we did there. And we were very committed to the ones who started with us in the beginning um, to train them to be successful, uh, to not just look at them as, you know, here's our first store. Um, they're just going to be stylists with us forever. Uh, we started, we started once we got the first store open, you know, I, I you know, I, I was addicted then. It was like, I got to yeah. get another one. And uh, we were already working towards the next one. And when we opened our second store, one of our stylists got an opportunity to move from a from a, just a stylist to actually manage her own store. Mm -hmm. When we opened our third one, we did the same thing. Um, our our belief is our team. You know, it, it's it's about growing, and um, you know, train them to grow, and it helps us grow. Uh, you know, I've I've looked at a lot of different ways where we can bring people in from the outside, and and, and they think they know everything, and uh, they've been in the hair business for twenty years. Um, I actually like the people that are brand new to the industry, and mm. we can provide them everything that they need to be successful. And you know, a lot of it's education. They they most of them want to learn. Yeah. You know, when they go to hair school, they learn how to cut hair. Um, they don't come out with a a business degree. 
So right. if you want to train somebody to grow with you, you have to just provide them the tools which Sport Clips easily provides with between training classes, webinars, um, the, the regional and area coaches that are out there in the market to provide haircutting classes. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's kind of, I, I look at it also for me. It's about coaching. I'm, I'm, right. I love the fact to watch a, a person go from a stylist in our organization that we've hired, move up the ladder, get to a point in their career uh, that I'm seeing a social media post that says that they bought their first house yeah. or they bought their first car. That's so cool. Um, there's 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 a lot of uh, there's a lot of positives out of that as an owner to to just be able to feel that you know that you made a difference. Yeah. Do you put when uh, right in the interview process? Do you start laying out uh, possible career paths that these stylists could take once they jo join your team if they're lucky enough to get invited? You know, we do we do give them a heads up of where this could go if they are willing to commit uh, their time and effort to it. Uh, we do not try to over-promote the fact of this is where you will be. We kind of promote, promote the fact of, hey, if you follow our lead and if you follow us with the training we're going to provide, these are opportunities that are out there that you could see in the future. Um, because I don't want to create false hope. Right. Because sometimes, um, and, I, and I'll say it just recently, I had an area manager step back and say, hey, I really don't want to be an area manager anymore. And the one reason she said it, it's not because she doesn't like the job. It's not because she doesn't like the owners, I hope. Okay. <laughs> she looked at us and said, I love to cut hair. Mm, I yeah. want to cut hair. I want to be hair. on the floor every right. day. I want to be with the client. Yeah. And so she, she thought that she wanted to be at the highest level, but she got there and looked at us and says, you know, I really want to be back. We're going to make it 100% possible for her to make the easy transition back. Um, and, and allow her to grow her career at that level, at the pace that she wants to grow. Um, because some people, you know, they have high expectations. They think, hey, I want to be an area manager because that's a great name tag. Yeah. Um, and they get there and they fi figure out that they miss something that they really loved about this about this industry. Yeah, their passion, but it's not getting filled. The creativity, so, you yeah. know, some of that. But what, what a great uh, dynamic that you have that relationship set up. And that trust that's built in on both sides that she could come to you oh, and yeah. say, "Hey, this wasn't the right path. Can I can I go an el you know a different way?" And you say, "Of course." And, and you know, and that's one of the things we treat all of ours like family. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and we try to distill the whole aspect of you know you're not just an employee. You're you're right. a, you're part of our family. Um, there's a lot of times that Robin will um, make the comment that they're like our daughters. Yeah. You know, ninety five percent of the folks that work in our company. Are, are actually female, right? So you know it's a lot of relations of daughters. Um, you know, the one of the one of the guys have, is it's already have, a son. You know, he's in the company, so I, he gets the he gets the one off. You do know, you have to, any daughters? Uh, no, okay. no, 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 no. So there so you go. It, it kind of fills that void. You know? Exactly, going on exactly. And uh, but um, you know, so it, it's great to see that, and uh, you know, it's great to um, uh, on on Mother's Day for when All as right. mom get as. Robin will get a text and say, hey, happy Mother's Day to my second mom. Yeah. I get the same on Father's Day. And that just says that there's a lot of respect yes. you know, for what we do as a company. Um, and, and, and I think that that builds value in what you get out of your team also. So uh, you've, you've opened stores. Mm -hmm. That's how you got your start yep. here with your with the three-pack. All, all those you had to open, right? There were, you want yep, to buy That's correct. Three, uh, uh, one each year. Okay. And... Uh, about the time, 2009, like you said, Sport Clips wasn't 
well known yet. We had about six, when we opened our store, our first store, and that's what I said. Yeah. Nobody knew us. We were six hundred stores deep in the country, U.S. only, yes. not in Canada yet. Um, and at that point, there was only one or two stores in Baltimore, which was about two and a half hours away, two hours away from this location, and yeah. just a whole different marketing area where right. where everybody's like, "What the heck is that?" Yeah, you know. So now, now you're at a place at a place where you you do sometimes transfer by existing mm-hmm. stores, right? Yep. So uh, I imagine there's challenges with both opening a store mm-hmm. and then obviously transitioning from one team leader to the other. Can you kind of uh, explain to me what those challenges might be, what they might look like, and how you overcome them each time? Well, the, probably the biggest challenge with anything is just going in and uh, reassuring the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes when you have a store that if they're challenged and, and they've been struggling, um, there could be reasons. It could be reasons maybe the owner slash team leader is yeah. not following the system. Maybe that owner is allowing the team not to follow the values or the system of sport clips, which is very important to follow because, you know, I'm a true believer. We buy a system, stick Mm -hmm. with it. Right. Um, You know, and then we'll have some where you'll have a person that says, you know, it's my time. You know, I'm ready to retire. Um, The two stores that we're purchasing right now, the gentleman has uh, moved out of state. Um, He's ready to step back and do something different. Uh, Has the culture in his two stores are great. So that's a great thing. We're going to walk in. We've already... We've already been involved with the teams, and, and we feel like they're already a part of the family. Right. Um, there'll be a few little things that we'll have to work out because people are creatures of habit, so we'll have to break a few habits. Um, but the one thing about it is you're walking in and taking over uh, the system yeah. that you've already purchased with the same brand. Um, and as long as people inside those stores are following the system, they have good values, uh, and, and, and the culture in the store is good, Normally, your transitions are pretty easy. You do run into a few of them where um, you'll you'll look at a store and it's struggling, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and when you really start to look at why is that store struggling, you know, sometimes the writing's on the wall. You don't want to be very upfront and, and admit it to whoever's selling, but you can look at it and say, okay, why? Uh, maybe they're not following the system. Maybe they're not staffing right. Maybe, um, you know, their, their haircut prices are kind of wrong for the market. Mm-hmm. Um and if you get those things back in line pretty quick, two things happen. Store turns around and the culture blossoms. It's almost like that analogy you used earlier of a coach. Yeah. So Phil Jackson, extremely successful yep. with the Chicago Bulls because he instituted that, obviously, and Michael Jordan, but he instituted that triangle offense mm-hmm. and then picks up and goes to the Lakers. Same offense, right. same system, right. and has success there as well. So you come in and you put this port clip system, make sure everything's followed follow along and, and you institute that and well it's kind of like when you talk about Phil Jackson with that you look at Joe Gibbs being a part of the Redskins mm-hmm. you know his whole deal right. was he he was a coach and he wanted to to have great people under him that would coach to make a great team right. when he came back to the Washington Redskins he had realized times and the culture of the NFL had changed and what he did back then wasn't as effective now and uh, you know so you know, think, times do change, and you have to kind of adjust. And uh, you know, we'll we'll look at. I mean, every store purchase that we've done, it's had its little challenges. Sure, but there's nothing you've ever lost sleep over. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, if if you look at a purchase just like a new construction, but you're not having to build the brick and mortar, they're very similar. Um, you know, and uh, and and it's all based around coaching a team mm-hmm. to be successful. Um, and I, and I do truly, truly believe there's a thing that, you know, you get what you give. 
So if you give that store the effort, yeah, you should get the production. And uh, we were talking before the podcast about an executive at Sport Clips and how uh, approachable he is. I imagine that's probably unique, in, especially in the franchise industry, that uh, the executives of the company are really available when the owners or franchisees need something, have a question, want to dig in more. Can you describe to me maybe your relationship with Gordon Logan, our CEO, and others that... Uh, that you're able just to pick up and talk to it. From yeah, time I mean, time. I look at it. I, you know, I worked in the auto industry. Um, you know, with the uh, the Ford industry. You know, the Ford automotive dealership side, and uh, you know, and and we felt very reserved. You know, in dealing with the higher ups, you mm-hmm. know, people that you know were they felt like they were on a different level. I walk into Sport Clips, and I literally feel like it's a family. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's been many times on a Saturday or at dinner time, I'm getting a phone call from Gordon. Or I'm getting a phone call from Edward, the president of the company, um, or Scott Perry, the CFO. And, and you know, the conversation is kind of interesting. You know, they'll ask the question that they need to ask, but it's like the conversation carries on for a 30 to 45 mm, minute. Yeah. And it's all about personal. Right. You know, we're talking about each other's family and how things are, what's going on. And, you know, and, and that's that's a major part of this company, the values of, um, you know, where, where they care about us. And in return, we kind of return that care back to our sure. teams. And uh, it flows from the top. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you've got 1,700 stores across the country and every once in a while you're getting a phone call from, you know, the founder and CEO mm-hmm. of the company mm-hmm. and, and it's a general conversation. You know, some people would probably, if they're looking at their sales number, they may be looking at it and say, do I answer <laughs> this phone right. call at one time? But, um, but, you know, I always answer that phone call and, and, and it's quite interesting. Not always is it about sport clips and about the the haircut side. Sometimes it's about some of the other things that we do out there getting involved in, uh, you know, like Ageless Aviation or the Aletheia Foundation and things, you know, hey, can you help out? Right. And, uh, you know, doing those type things and getting those phone calls from people like that, them calling us being, um, you know, such so prominent in the company, but calling us on a one-on-one basis just makes us feel like we matter. You know, our stylists want to feel like they matter. And when we get those kind of calls from at, at a very casual basis from the the corporate level, it makes us feel like we matter. Yeah, I, I, I tell this story all the time, but uh, about a year ago, I called Gordon Logan, our, our founder. I, I was expecting either voicemail or his secretary, <laughs> and he, he picks up, and I'm shocked, and I said, uh, Gordon, this is, uh, this is Chad. I wasn't expecting it to be you. I thought it would be your secretary. And he said, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Chad, but would you still like to talk? And, of course, I did. Uh, but that's how approachable uh, these guys are in our, in our team, our executive team. So uh, I like to hear that from our team leaders, too, that they had that same kind of relationship. I want to talk quickly. I know we're winding down on the first part of this yep. podcast, but uh, you're on TLAC. Yep. Can you explain what that acronym is and explain what that uh, what what the role of the TLAC is? Yeah, so it's a Team Leader Advisory Council. Okay. And this is my second go around. Uh, the first go around, I was appointed um, based on the year that I won the Team Leader okay. of the Year, which was an which was an awesome add to uh, being the Team Leader of the Year, getting asked to be a part of TLAC. And that was like invited to the party. Right. Um, and I didn't realize what the party was all about. Then when it came up uh, to be re- to be an elected spot, I was one of the first ones. I'm in. I want to be a part. And the mm-hmm. reason why is because we are deeply, we're a group of seven now that are okay. team leaders across the country at, that are heavily involved 
in the conversation with corporate about future changes, issues now, um, I would tell you that I feel like we're the voice of all the owners out there. Of course, how many times can you pick up the phone in one day for somebody to file a complaint or, or have an issue or, um, or give a creative idea? Yeah. And uh, by having it divided up by different uh, regions in the country, it allows it a little bit of a division and a focus on what is needed in each division. Like we'll have people asking about our point of sale system now with Salon Ultimate. Yes. Hey, these are some positive things that we as owners feel that we might want to look at that could make a difference for the business. We, we start providing that information. We have monthly calls. Sometimes the calls get into weekly calls. Depending on how much traction we're getting on something, we can make a positive change for the company. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and that's a... It's a very important role to me uh, because I really do feel like uh, as we go um, and as we've grown as a group, the group does change every year by a couple people, be who's elected or not. But we're making such a difference in um, items that are, are reinforcing either our values or the direction of what this are, what are some one of what are some of those items things if they're not secret if you're no, allowed no, to no. share so them. so you know we 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 were in heavily involved with the whole new point of sale system with mm -hmm. sport clips um the online check-in if anybody hadn't heard when you walk in the front door <laughs> sport clips, yes hey have you checked in online um so the that whole system that is kind of taken us from maybe being a step behind our competitor to a step ahead uh it, you know which is really helping the customer check in online uh, helping the experience of the client. We, we were heavily involved in those items. Um, some of the other, other items behind the scenes happen to do with, have to do with our renewal checklist. Um, every, every owner, every five years needs to renew their license. And uh, we're looking at issues that uh, either uh, need to be addressed to either make it better at that renewal, renewal time, either, either for the looks in the store or maybe on the pocket, what we have to spend to do that. Um, you know, those type of items we are definitely looking at. Um, also we're looking at things around the marketing, um, okay. you know, the marketing, the IT, uh, human resource. I mean, we actually fly to Georgetown, Texas now, um, have a two day complete meeting bell to bell and the VPs from the company are sitting in there and it is a brainstorming on how can we as a collective group make a change? Hmm. How can we make this better? Um, we have a new success check coming out. All our managers out there ought to be really excited because there's a few little changes, little tweaks. Yeah. And I will tell you, there was some back and forth in that room. Um, and I can tell you that the man in the white hat was sitting behind me and he was pushing for a little bit higher number, but he gave yeah. in a little bit. And, um, you know, and, and our, our success check numbers that we get graded and, and rated on inside of our stores, they've changed. And, and they've changed because our experience in the store and, and where our overall numbers, they have, have risen. And we're continuously trying to push the bar. Um, but, you know, those type of things that we're going to those meetings and we're looking at it as a group, and we're not just focused on here. Let's let's figure out how much money we're going to spend in marketing for the year. No, let's talk about every component that can make a difference. Because, you know, if you take ten things and you make a little change on ten things, it adds up to a lot. Yeah. And this company has grown over a hundred stores per year for the last several year, years, and it doesn't look like we're going to slow down. No, nope, doesn't we're look going like we're going to slow down. So. Uh, I, I know we're winding down on this portion of the yep. podcast, this episode. I have a couple uh, further questions I want to squeeze out if I can. Um, the first being, all right, you're almost 10 years into this, you and Robin, and we'll talk about the, the uh, Jeff, Robin, husband, wife yeah. dynamic in the second podcast. But uh, what is uh, one thing you know now that 
in 2009 when you started you wish you had known that would have made your life a little easier when I first got in I thought I knew everything mm -hmm. okay and I, I understood I was buying a system but I thought I only had to follow half the system and I could put Jeff's other half in okay. there uh -huh. um, everybody in my area knew me as the as the car guy or the truck guy you know I could market myself with no problem you give me a bar of soap I'm gonna sell it to somebody okay. even if he's already taken a bath and um, but I, I, I kind of was going against the against the grain a little bit, as I would say. Okay. And I learned after a couple of years, don't go against the grain. Follow it. Follow it to a T. Um, you'll save yourself a lot of time, and you'll also save yourself a lot of money. Um, and I wish I had done that probably on my first couple of stores where I had to just really follow the system because there were a lot of bumps and bruises I took at that time. But for every bump and bruise, I learned a, I learned a lot. There's a lot of value in those bumps and bruises. Um, you know, but they're a little painful in the pocket. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great lesson. And another question I like to ask in these podcasts is, uh, what is one real life challenge that you face as uh, in your role? So in your role as a team leader, uh, on a, on a pretty con consistent basis and how do you tackle that challenge? You, you know, my, my biggest challenge right now as an owner is, I like being in the stores. Mm -hmm. I like visiting the stores. And as we've grown, I'm having to find out how to make time to make personal visits myself. Um, I, I, I like this concept. I love it. I love the people that work for us. Um, and I don't want to be drawn to the fact where I'm stuck inside four walls trying to manage everything on the outside and I don't get to be involved with my teams. I'm right. not, I don't want to be the one that walks in with a, with a whip. Yeah. I want to be the one who walks in with a high five. Mm -hmm. um, and that is the thing that I'm a little challenged right now. And, and, that's, and it's really causing us to add a little bit more behind the scenes operations people. Um, and somebody would look at it and say, well, you're adding that person. Do you really need to? You know, there's a value in adding maybe one more behind the scene person because I don't fall out of love with what I do. Yeah. And there's a lot of value in that. Um, yeah, I may pay a salary for somebody to do a job that I could do. But if I'm doing that job, I can't go visit my store. It frees you up. And also yeah. have the personal time for my family mm -hmm. or other things that I'm involved with in the community. Mm -hmm. and, and those three things have to align. If they don't align, then there's a crack in that heart. And yeah. you, can't, you, you don't want to have that crack. I love it. And that's a, a good segue into what we're going to discuss in the next podcast, which will, will be family, marketing, and extracurricular activities being involved in the community. But before we get there, I end every podcast with some random off-the-wall questions. Go. So uh, I usually ask 10 questions, but since we'll chop this podcast up into two, I'm going to ask you five now and five later. Okay. And the, the catch is I can't ask any follow-up questions. So okay. i got to just let the answer just lay there. Uh, so number one, which superpower, Jeff, would you most like to have? Superpower, what I like to have a protective shield. Okay, protective shield, like it. Captain America. Yep. What is your personal motto? Go get it. Go get it. All right. Sounds like get her done. Yep. Go get it. Other than where you live now, where else in the world would you most like to live? Nowhere. I love. I love where I live and the family I have. Wow. So not even feet. Okay. I nope. can't ask. I can't ask follow up. Okay. Nope. I'm good. All right. Who is the celebrity you would most like to meet one day? Believe it or not, Jeff Burrows. 
<laughs> they was you, in 1971. Oh, he, okay. was the, uh, he was a baseball player uh, signed by the Washington Senators, and that's okay. who I was named after. What? Yeah, wow. So, uh, and he actually lives in uh, San Diego, California now. So okay. I'm, I'm tracking him down. So we'll, watch have out. To, we'll tag him in the podcast yep. and yep. see if we can get him. Uh, last but not least, which words or phrases do you most overuse? Uh, you know, that, that one's tough. Um, here we go. Here we go. That's yours. Okay. All right. That's been a podcast with Jeff Burroughs. We will, uh, he and I right now, will celebrate with a little bit of Mountain Dew, and we'll come back with episode two at a later date. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. No problem, man. Thank you.